CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, finally, we got here. Walk into paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday, starting at 9, 8 central, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that... He was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And we're here to preview the Arizona men's basketball game against... Our in-state rivals, those scum devils of Arizona State. Okay. First of all, we have a commitment today. Ooh, okay. Aurora Madison Shear. A commitment. Very big breaking news. Our child. decommitted from Floyd Wells. A child, Aurora, has decommitted from Flowing Wells Unified School District and has committed to Marana Unified School District. She will be going to one of the high schools in MUSD. We're not going to like, I don't know, should we, I guess we should say, it's like a safety thing. Like, are we being bad parents by saying where she's going? I, I mean. Jason I, just gave me a look because I, I didn't say it right away. Yeah, she's going to Bouquet. She's going to Mountain View. She's going to Mountain View. So if you know, the reason I say that is because I know we got, we got listeners. If you have a kid that goes to Mountain View that's going to be there next year, hit me up. I need eyes everywhere. Yeah. Eyes and spies. You know this how we is, do it. This is difficult because we're very pro Flowing Wells. I went to all Flowing Wells schools as a child. Uh, Jason taught at Flowing Wells High School for a while at one point. Um, he taught English, if you're wondering. Um, and health and sex and ed. And health and I sex ed. I did teach sex ed. You did, you did do that. I taught right? high school sex ed. What you know about that? And so we're very, um, I always imagined my kids would kind of follow the same path. Oh, honey, are you crying? You know, it's a little bittersweet, but we live not in Flowing Wells District anymore. When We're not we telling you where we live. Don't get too excited. Everyone who listens to the podcast knows we live on the northwest side of town. Here's um, our we address. We technically live in MUSD. You know what? Come over to our house tomorrow. My address. Anyway, so we're excited that we got her enrolled today uh, for next year. She's excited. We took a really great tour, and uh, we're. it's kind of... Scary, but good and I'm old. Yeah, it's weird to have a kid going to high school. Not happy. Meanwhile, the other child is remaining in Flowing Wells. So for now, for now, we'll see. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, past that big news, was there any other like commitments or anything interesting in football or? I could probably do- I could probably donate a four-hour podcast to the Brandon Miller situation. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna get into that too much. If you read my Twitter, you know how I feel about that. But even legally. If he is innocent, so be it. Yeah, but why? It's just the so issue, shady. The issue I have. Well, he's in, you know he's not getting charged. That's fine. Forget the legal ramifications. My biggest issue in this is what people aren't really paying attention to, which is there's no world where that investigation was over in 24 hours. Right. So to let him practice and play without being like, you know what? Let's sit out a game. 
let's get the facts because Greg Byrne kind of outed Alabama. He shouldn't have said what he said if he was smart there. He kind of screwed up by saying, yeah, we learned new information today. Well, if you learn new information, what are you playing the kid like? You know that what I mean? There, there was no due diligence. And re- really, it's a slap in the face to the family of the victim. Right. I mean, can you imagine if you're the family of the victim and you just watch this kid go for 41 on TV? And it's like, at the end of the day... Again, I don't want to get too much into this. If Brandon Miller wasn't Brandon Miller, top five pick who plays for Alabama basketball, we all know how this would end. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure we know how it ends. Right. And isn't just magic how these situations float around a certain AD? Yeah. That's no longer at Arizona, who's now at Alabama. Michael Luke has called me no less than 140 times today, just trashing Greg Byrne, and it's like you know, a pattern. We always talk about patterns. There's a pattern. And he likes to win and, at and, all costs. And look, is he responsible for that shooting and situation? No. But the way it's been handled is... Uh, There's no institutional discipline. It's like, just it's ridiculous. Wild. It's just wild. If it was anybody else, this it was murder. any other school. Well, no. I, I think the whole SEC would handle it the same way. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, let's talk about things that make us happy. Arizona basketball is amazing. For now, it makes us happy. It makes us happy. Arizona men will be playing um, as, as who, as who, as who, as who uh, on Saturday. So twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock early, kind of cool. Don't know who's announcing. Also cool that I like is we're having media Wednesday, Thursday, so February twenty third, and they're doing um, Tommy, but then they're doing the seniors, which is cool. So oh, Courtney, nice. Cedric, um, Jordan Mays. And my boy, Matt Lang. Your boy, Matt Lang. Best shooter on the team. There we go. Well, how beneficial is it for Arizona to only have one game this week? Absolutely perfect timing. You get a nice little break, some time off to refresh. Tommy was at the All-Star game on Sunday. The guy's got a couple days off. You're refreshing, and you're doing so, you know, in late February. The NCAA tournament is only a few weeks away. Uh, you know, you you got a game on Saturday, then you're going a difficult matchup in Los Angeles. You go right into the Pac-12 tournament and all that. It's nice to refresh. And um, I think the, the guy that's going to benefit from it the most is Azulis. I think Azulis was starting to, to push a little bit, starting to get frustrated. We saw how poorly he played last week. Really, I thought he played poorly for a game and a half. He had that nice second half against Utah. Um, but he... Uh, he kind of needs it. Reset, step away from basketball for a few days, mentally get ready, you know, take a break with your body and all that. And, and I expect the guys to, to, to be ready on Saturday. I, I think that the, the time off was absolutely perfect timing for Arizona. For once, our schedule yes. worked out in our favor. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about the first matchup? I'm glad you asked, Shelby. You see... I was 39 years old. <laughs> when they first played. Am I 39? I don't know. Yes, you are. We got to talk about your 40th birthday. No, I'm 38. Mm. Am mm. I 39? No, you were 39, honey. No. Yeah, you are. Oh, shit. Dude, one time, guys, I told everyone I was a certain age, and I was completely wrong. I was like, yeah, I'm turning 37, and I wasn't. Yeah. And I didn't know until my birthday, so that's what I pay attention. Anyway... Uh, what do I remember about the first matchup? It looked like Arizona was going to absolutely annihilate ASU. 
Um, you know, the halftime is 45 to 28 at halftime and whatever. And then ASU came out like gangbusters, cut it down to, I think, three or around there, four. People started panicking, and then Arizona was kind of like, oh, shit, I guess we should play again. And they went on the road, and they won by nine against an ASU team that at that point um, was playing significantly better. Now, if you remember, ASU at that point that they had played Arizona, so they were coming off the loss against San Francisco where they were awful. But they had beaten Colorado, Stanford, Michigan, Creighton. Um, And then after the Arizona loss, they followed up with the, the home sweep against the Washington schools and the away sweep against the Oregon schools. And then since then, they've kind of gone downhill a bit. But ASU, um, that San Francisco game was kind of just a game. You knew that they would bounce back. Um, Julius Tubelis, normal game from him, 21 points, um, seven rebounds. And, and really, it was one of those efforts where they kind of got a little bit from everybody. Julius had 21, Kerr had 12, Umar had 12 and 10. You know, Ramey didn't really play well that game. Uh, was think two of seven from the field. Pella was decent. Cedric was at, they were playing Vasar. Boswell wasn't really in the swing of things at that point. Only got like five minutes. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, defensively, Arizona started off really strong defensively, and then it kind of went downhill. ASU was three of 27 from three. The teams combined to go eight of 49 from behind the arc, <laughs> which is just um, stupid. But, I mean, ASU just couldn't really get anything going. Got into some foul trouble as well. Cambridge fouled out. Um, both Cambridges found out. And so different type of game. Um, but, I, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, they, they led 41 to uh, to 23. And so it was kind of, a, you know, they're going to kill them. And then ASU, credit to them, came back. But Arizona kind of turned it on and, you know, said we're, we're better than you. As we should be saying. Um, at this point in the season, what type of team is ASU? ASU is kind of... Wildly inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, it's like I mentioned, like when you look back at the early in the season, they beat VCU, probable tournament team. They beat Creighton, tournament team. Oregon, bubble team, right? Then, you know, they they go on that four-game winning streak after losing to Arizona. They lose by 12 to UCLA and 8 to USC at home. Then they go on the road and they get swept by the Washington schools and the Huskies are terrible. Come back. Home, beat Oregon State, lose to Oregon. Then they go on the road and beat the Bay Area schools. So they beat Stanford. They actually caught up in that game, went on a, like, 8 nothing run to end the game um, and wound up winning by four. Then they come back, lose to Colorado, but they beat Utah, and they played rather well against Utah. They're pretty similar, though. They're, they um, they are, are legitimately good defensively. They're still 33rd in the nation on Ken Palm defense, 14th in the nation in field goal percentage allowed. They force a decent amount of turnovers. Believe it or not, they are third in the nation in opposing two-point percentage. They only allow teams to shoot 42.6%, which is pretty wild. They block quite a bit of shots. Again, they force turnovers. Um, they're willing to give up the three, um, you know, and, and, and teams hit it, the threes. Their height is not good. Really, their biggest struggle is that offensively, knock on wood, Shelby, because whenever I say this, the other team, um, they're awful. Uh, you know, they're they're 301st in the nation in effective field goal percentage. They don't really turn the ball over. They're not a great rebounding team. They're an awful defensive rebounding team. They're 300th in the nation in wow. defensive rebounding. Three-point percentage, they shoot quite a bit. And meanwhile, they're 318th. They're 255th in two-point percentage. 
They they don't even shoot 70% from the line. They don't, you know, they get shots blocked. Um, they're a decent passing team, but, you know, 31% of their points come from behind the arc, which it, they don't go to the free throw line. Really, their biggest struggle is offense. They can keep games close with their defense, but when you take a look at their losses, you know, they lose a the game where they're scoring 62, 69, 66, 58. 70, 59. I mean, even their wins, like they beat Utah, they only scored 67 points. They beat Stanford, they they went on an 8-0 run. They had 61 points up until two minutes left in the game. They're not scoring um, a lot of points. They had that game against Oregon where they went eight shit. But other than that, you know, they're they're not scoring a ton of points. That's just not really in their DNA. It's we're going to defend and, and we're going to try to force some turnovers and shoot some threes. And look, whenever you have a team that shoots a decent amount of threes, the possibility remains that they could get hot from the field, um, and that's kind of what you, you keep an eye on. But they're really they're they're more defense, and they they they're it's weird. It's it doesn't feel like a normal Bobby Hurley team. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Yeah, they're very odd to watch for sure. Um, well, what matchup are you actually looking forward to if there is one? Me versus waking up a little early on a Saturday. I like to sleep in. No. Uh, the matchup that I am looking forward to is going to surprise you a little bit, Shelby. Uh, Pella or Cedric, whoever you want to. Pella or Cedric. Versus, uh, versus Desmond Cambridge. And I like Desmond Cambridge. I, I don't think he's awful at, at all. Um, decent player, averaging 14 points, almost three and a half rebounds, shoots 46, uh, 40.6% from the field. Not a bad player um, at all. And he's the type of guy where, to me, if ASU is going to win, they need Desmond Cambridge um, to play well. They just, he's that type of dude where they need him to play well. And when you look at, his numbers, um, he ha- he can, and you know, and and I'm pulling up his. I'd, I like to be accurate. I, you know, I'm like the rain man with basketball. But um, you know, you look at some of the games he had, and like the first meeting against Arizona, he fouled out, and he only played seven. He only scored seven points, and only played twenty minutes. But he's had games, you know, twenty one points in both games on the Oregon road trip, twenty six points in the loss to Washington, uh, twenty four points in the Cal. So he has games where he plays well. He shoots quite a bit of threes. He's had 310 field goal percent uh, field goal attempts and 188 are from behind the arc. He only shoots 33%. Um, Pella Larson is going to be guarding him. Cedric's going to be guarding him. That matchup to me is very intriguing because I think that ASU is in a position 
where it needs Desmond Cambridge to have a good game or else it becomes um, very difficult for, uh, for ASU to win. All right. That was very thorough. Thank you. Um, well, what matchup do you want to see Arizona take advantage of? This one's obvious, and, and I think it's more meaningful than it has been. Devin Cambridge can't guard as Julius Tubelis. Um, he's 6'6", 215. He gets most of the minutes at the four. He doesn't have it in him. Alonzo Gaffney also just, you know, it, to me, doesn't have it in him, right? And and that's not – I mean, I don't care if you say it's disrespect to those guys, but it's, it's you know, it, it's – they're not ready to guard those Azulis defensively. Not a lot of guys are. And like I mentioned, I think the time off is going to be good for Azulis. I think Azulis is going to come motivated and fresh. And I think that's a matchup where you have to say, look, no one on this team can guard you. Um, they only play two guys at the four. Uh, let's go out and and let's kind of and and those it's Devin Gambridge and and Alonzo Gaffney are getting the minutes at the four, and neither guy to me can guard Azulis. So you want to go out there and try to get him to uh, to dominate that matchup. And hopefully he will. He's going to be awesome. Um, is this the end for Bobby Hurley, and should it be? Despite all of his entertaining antics. You kind of get the feeling it is. It kind of feels like he just doesn't um, want to be there. You kind of get the feeling that they're going to do kind of a mutual parting of ways and Hurley's going to try to find a job back east. I would assume Georgetown is going to fire Patrick Ewing. I assume St. John's is going to fire Mike Anderson. I assume both those schools are going to call Rick Pitino. And then whatever one doesn't get Rick Pitino figuring he leaves is going to call Bobby Hurley. I think Bobby Hurley's name is going to be mentioned for a few of these, and if he gets an offer, I think it's one he has to take. I don't. It's, I think the biggest issue is with Bobby Hurley is I don't know if he knows what type of coach he wants to be. And what I say by that is, you know, he's had years where they based it around like I, I look at two years ago, 2021. They were 11 and 14, so they weren't very good. But his tempo was 21st in the nation. The year before that was 14th. Right? 47th, 43, right? So you're like, oh, okay, it's in the 40s. 2022, his tempo was 168. This year, it's 134. So he, he doesn't know, like, does he want to be an offensive coach? Does he want to be a balanced coach? Does he, like, what does he want to be? And even when his tempo was great, like, you know, it, it, his best offensive team was probably that one in, or at least in recent memory, was the one in, in 2018 where. They got off to the big 12 and 0 winning streak and then they just they flushed it. They went from 12 and 0 to 20 and 12, right? They finished the season 8 and 12. They actually made the tournament had that awful game against Syracuse where they had, you know, they had Remy, they had Ramella White, they had Trey Holder. They had guys. But to me, it just doesn't feel like he knows what he wants to be. And a lot of times with college basketball, like I think Ben Howland kind of lost sight with that when he started recruiting nationally at UCLA and he was such a good coach and then he kind of lost what he wanted to be when when things started to kind of go south. And I think a lot of times you could spend too much time at one place. And, you know, Bobby Hurley's been there, I think this is his seventh season, and he's never really had that, that great breakout season. And to me, it's just ASU should be better. Like, you should be able to land guys in Phoenix and have success with them. And I, I think Bobby Hurley is probably fine for ASU, but at the same time, there's no reason why ASU can't make the tournament once every two years, right? Or every other year. It, it, why not? They should be able to do that. And so 
I think it's one of those situations where it's not the worst idea for both of them to move on. Figuring, of course, you know, that ASU is able to make a smart hire. Like, who is ASU going to hire? Is, you know, can they go nuts and somehow convince Chris Beard? Are they willing to go there? Um, DJ Taylor at Fullerton, I think, has done really well for what Fullerton is. He has, he's familiar with ASU. Why not him? Is Randy Bennett willing, you know, can he pass background checks? People always wonder why Randy Bennett is at St. Mary's. There's stuff in, in Randy Bennett's background that is keeping him at St. Mary's. Mm. Like, there's a reason why he doesn't get interviews, you know, with the international recruiting and all that and, and some stuff that, that he's done. But, um, you know, it's you can get rid of Bobby Hurley, but you better replace him with someone or else it's it's going to go in the opposite direction. So I, I get both arguments, but the problem is he's also not recruiting super well. So if you keep him, what's the upside? Like, eventually you got to kind of make that decision to move on. All right. Well, if that's the case, I'm super going to miss all of his texts. Well, what's funny is bad. like on the court, he comes across as a huge prick. And me he and said you that he's heard, actually pretty nice. He's a pretty nice guy. Like coaches like Bobby Hurley off the court. He's a nice guy. It's just, you know, two different temper. things. Temper. Right. It's like a Sean Miller had a little bit of a temper. Yeah, like yeah. I like Sean when he was here. I liked him. And I know a lot of people that just did not like him. Well, Rich Rodriguez had a little bit of a temper on the sidelines too. So. Yeah. And when just, it just, it, it's weird. Like, you know. I don't have a problem with coaches yelling but i've got i think my dad has always been very anti that he really if, likes tommy's demeanor yeah but tommy yells too I'm like ricardo foy i love the guy ricardo's a maniac well, in a good yeah, way tommy but like, would never be called a maniac though. no but in a good way like yeah. i love ricardo if you ever watch a game and aren't real interesting watch ricardo foy coach like it's it's awesome but i think if you're gonna be a screamer you better win yeah and you better back up like you break them down screaming but you build them right back up and if you're not doing that part where you build them up, you're done. It's pointless to scream. Yeah. Don't even do it. It's and a lot of times that's what assistants are for. Like the head coach just chewed you out. You go sit down and this is the coach. Like, no, no. That's what Book used to do. That was literally like Book's job. It was, was a like, fuzzy blankie. Yeah, it was like Sean annihilated you. You sat next to Book and Book was like, no, 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 you'll be fine and all that. So, so he was worth it. That's why we kept him around, right? I love Book. <laughs> I hope Book's doing well. Um. Okay, well, what is your prediction? I just think that Arizona's offense right now is clicking with Ramey and the way that's playing and, and the guards, and I think Ujulis is going to bounce back, and they don't have a guy to guard Umar either. I don't see how ASU scores enough points. I think you have to be able to score to beat Arizona at McHale, and I just don't think ASU can do it. it to me, it would be a pretty big upset. I'm thinking Arizona, uh, let's go 83-70. to 70. That's good. 83-70. to yeah. 70. In my head, I said 82, so ballpark, same, yeah. same location we landed on. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, it's exciting. You know, rivalry games are always energizing. Let's be clear. This isn't a rivalry you game. You know what I mean. This happens to be the rival, but basketball, it's not a rivalry we game. We know. Which is one of the biggest issues I have with UCLA and USC leaving is UCLA is Arizona's basketball rival. There's no doubt about it. And when UCLA leaves, it's going to be... Cricket noises. Oregon, I guess. Yeah, Whatever. maybe hard to sell tickets, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Or Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, BYU, Houston, you know, good Lord. Maybe, anyway. maybe. Cross your fingers. Uh, alrighty, well, that is our Arizona men's basketball ASU preview. Yeah, we'll Exciting. do the, we're doing it a little early, obviously, but um, we'll have the review and everything. We'll do a 
I think next week we're going to do an extra basketball and start talking a little bracketology. Bracketology! Because that's when it obviously gets very serious after this weekend. Very exciting. Yeah. Jason is pretty much vacillates between unbearable and super elated all the time during March. But just a reminder, and Shelby can attest to this, I hate conference tournaments. I hate them. I think they're a waste of time. I think they're unfair. Now, I don't mind them in the Pac-12. I don't mind them in major conferences. I think it's the smaller conferences. Like, they, I hate him. I hate the whole idea of him. It's Luke Olson had his feelings about this that we all know very famously. He did not. And that's why that. I think the committee generally doesn't count conference tournaments that much. People always get surprised. We're like, oh, I guess the conference tournament didn't mean anything. Not really. It doesn't mean a lot. Most of the work is done going into that. But I'm talking about the teams where you have like a, a low major that goes 27 and 2 and then loses in the final of their conference tournament. And doesn't make the NCAA tournament because they lost one game, even though they won twenty-seven others. Yeah, it's I hate it. It's it's heartbreaking. Oh, honey, it's the ecstasy and the agony. Oh, ecstasy! Of the NCAA tournament. Come here right now. Anyway, on that note, we will talk to you after Arizona ASU game on Saturday. Have a great rodeo because it's rodeo break for Tucson, Arizona, most baby. of our kiddos. You get off school just for riding a. What cow, horse, bull, all of the above. That's right. Bear down. Busting. Ooh, yes. Bear down. Bear down. Shelby, are the rumors true? Are you suspended for McHale for Saturday? Could you attend if you wanted to? I will walk in that door. Oh my god! In disguise or not? Oh no! Hide the hide your wives, hide your kids. Shelby, the ASU killers in attendance. I will be booing ASU. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.